Hey gang, Tom Mullen here. Do you have a child who spends more time than you'd like in front of screens consuming low quality content? Well, you can turn that screen time into something fun and worthwhile. I'm talking about mini coders, an educational game-based platform including companion apps made for kids with video tutorials, virtual assistant, and games where kids learn coding skills while they play in the Roblox metaverse, all under the safety and guidance of a virtual assistant and in-game tutors. MiniCoders is perfect for homeschooled, unschooled, or traditionally schooled children alike and helps them build 21st century skills and have a ball doing so. Right now, you can try out MiniCoders with no obligation by registering for a free trial at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash MiniCoders. That's M-I-N-I-C-O-D-E-R-S. Again, just visit TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash MiniCoders and start your free trial today. Every revolution starts in the minds of the people. Arm yourself for the war of ideas. Take back your life. Take back your liberty. Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Today, my guest is A.J. Rice. He's the CEO of Publius PR, a premier communications firm in Washington, D.C. Rice is a brand manager, star whisperer, and auteur media influencer who has produced or promoted Laura Ingram, Judge Jeanine Pirro, Donald Trump Jr., Monica Crowley, and a host of other A-list conservative figures. AJ also produced an investigative news show at the Washington Times for John Solomon for three years. It was called America's Morning News and helped launch the Blaze Radio Network. While doing all this and a host of other things that we just don't have time to mention, AJ is also a columnist for 25-plus different national media outlets that include Investors Business Daily, The Hill, Epic Times, PJ Media, American Greatness, Real Clear Markets, and The Washington Examiner. And I'm so glad he's here today to talk about his new book, The Woking Dead, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. AJ, welcome to the show. Tom, brother Tom, great to be here. You know, having read your entire bio and being familiar with your company, Publius PR, and how many roads to get great guests for this podcast lead back to you, I was surprised pleasantly to find out what a great writer you are. And you've got this new book, The Woking Dead, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. And it seems to be a compilation of your writing over the past few years. And I'm so glad that you were busy writing in addition to running your company. So the first thing I take away is I've got to step up my game a little. But you wrote quite a bit during the pandemic, during the early days of the pandemic. What, what was your overall impression of the government response to this? Was this something with an agenda? Was it just total incompetence. How did it hit you? It was an attempt to capture us. Honestly, it was soft authoritarianism. It doesn't matter who the president was. Nobody had ever seen anything like this. So the, the little worker government bureaucrats, they all went you know, to town here. I mean, they 
you know, locked us down. They kept us from prom. They kept us from, you know, college graduations, from NCAA March Madness. We weren't allowed to do anything. You can't go here, wear this on your face, inject this in your body. It was a tyranny. And while that was happening, while there was a medical tyranny being instituted by the government and being basically policed by the media, by big tech and by academia and Hollywood, a second virus was turned loose. And this virus, which you know comes in many forms and we have seen before, woke is a cultural virus. It's a cultural virus that they used that while we were locked down and chained to the radiator, they were going to slow pump this attack on free speech into us. And it came in many forms, the Me Too movement, Black Lives Matter, cancel culture, 1619 Project, critical race theory, the LGBTQ mafia policing our language, our pronouns. So that's, and they you know kept us in one place, locked us in, and then tried to sort of brainwash us with this stuff. So that's the Vogue virus we're talking about, the trendy virus. And the last time it reared its head was in the political correctness movement in the late 90s. But it's been around a long time, Tom. This is all your, your you know, newfound, new outfit wearing cultural Marxism that really goes back to pre-World War One. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of people think that this or that aspect of it, that all those bullet points you just ticked off are, are these separate little movements. But if you go back and read people like Herbert Marcusa, he laid all this out. He said, this is what we have to do. We have to go to victim groups. And he mentioned ethnic minorities, women. And this was all a response to the fact that there was not going to be a proletariat revolution. Correct. Because the proletariat was doing really, really well, thanks to the Industrial Revolution and capitalism. So, exactly. you know, and, and that's one of the things that I was just writing about, that you have to keep your mind on the fact that at the end of the day, all of this, Black Lives Matter, the women's thing, the speech, the smashing the statues, at the end of the day, it's all to try and change the economic system. And once you understand that, you see it all much differently. What I tell people is, and what you're saying is true, they weren't going to be able to pull off, you know, a workers of the world unite situation here, not just because we had a middle class that was happy. Our blue collar workers here love the country. They couldn't be swayed by your normal Marxist claptrap that came out of the, you know, 19th century. So they weren't going to be able to get a labor rebellion. You know, Upton Sinclair could write all the books he wants about the meatpacking industry in Chicago. They're not going to get it because the blue collar people of the United States fought in, you know, the Spanish-American War. They fought in World War One and Two. So what and guys like Antonio Gramsci laid this out that we can't capture the plumbers union, unfortunately. They're filled with Irish and Italian immigrants that love this place, Polish immigrants that love this place. We can't get them. We can't get, you know, the carpenters and the, and the bricklayers. So we need a new army. We need a different army. Well, who can our army be? I know. Let's infect how they get their media. I know. Let's infect their 
academic system, the university system. Let's flip their entertainers. Does this sound familiar? I mean, are you kidding me? This is exactly who we're fighting because they couldn't get the plumber to hate his country, but they could get Bette Midler. They could get Whoopi Goldberg because they're useful idiots. So that's who we're up against now. And unfortunately, they can move way faster today than they could 100 years ago with this garbage. And the reason they can move that fast is because, unfortunately, big tech, the little digital brown shirts that we're fighting against, they are the cartilage that hold this whole group together. They're the connective tissue. They are the forward operating system, the aircraft carrier that academia, Hollywood, the media, the Democratic Party, and some, <laughs> some of the Republican Party take off from and land and refuel. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And it's just very frustrating to see so many young people that just are ignorant of all this. They think that they're getting on the right side and think they're fighting for justice or against injustice, and they just don't realize how much they're being manipulated, which reminds me of your section four here. It's called China's Dress Rehearsal. And I got to tell you that I'm just a little gun shy of the MAGA movement's vitriol against the Chinese Communist Party. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't like the Chinese Communist Party, but I always fear that it's going to turn into something like the war on terror, only just insert China. But you write here quite a bit about how we're emulating them. And one of the things I was so glad to see, masks, the righteous flags of virtue signaling, and let me call out the date you wrote this, May of 2020. So a couple of months into this whole nightmare, I was still thinking lockdowns are much worse than masks. Well, let me paint the picture. Let me paint the picture for your audience. I mean, so I live in Swamp Central. I'm from Philly originally, but I live right, right near the sewer that sucks all of our money up I'm in Northern Virginia. And I'm inside the Beltway, and it's a hot day in May. It's probably 90 degrees in Virginia. And I'm right near the Pentagon, and I'm on an off-ramp, and here comes some schmuck with a mask on, on a bicycle. It's 90 degrees. I think it's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and no helmet, no helmet. Mask, yes. He's alone. He's outside. It's 90 degrees. He looked like he needed to lose some weight. I mean, I don't know whether he was trying to kill himself or what, but he, his safety, the concern of his safety was not with his cranium. It was not with whether it was his head. It was with his mask on his face and he's alone. So I've got to think to myself, this isn't about safety. This is about something else. And it's so everyone that's at the red lights that he passes, everyone that goes around him as he's chugging along in his little BMX or whatever the hell he was riding on, it's so everyone can see that he's doing his part. And he's got the, the righteous flag of virtue signaling wrapped around his face like a dummy. Let's take a short break for this important message. Friends, if you're enjoying the content here on Tom Mullen Talks Freedom, 
You can support my efforts here a couple of ways at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash support. You can join my Patreon for as little as $3 per month and get machine transcripts to every episode and access to my members-only MeWe group, while all access patrons also get my paid subscriber-only articles and videos, or you can become a VIP patron to get all of that, plus access to all of my online courses and a signed copy of the Tom Mullen book of your choice. Now, if you prefer Substack, I also post my paid subscriber-only content there. Find links to all the ways you can support the show at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash support. That's TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash support. Become a supporter of Tom Mullen Talks Freedom today. And now let's get back to our episode. Now, I should say, and my audience knows that I live in Niagara County in western New York. And the funny thing about western New York is there's eight counties. And one of them, Erie County, has the city of Buffalo, and it's true blue. And all the other seven counties are red. So living in Niagara County over the past year has not been all that different from living in Florida or some state where the governor has abandoned this nonsense. Our county executive even said when the governor reimposed a mask mandate this year that they weren't going to enforce it. But then you can really tell like which of the people are still going to wear them and which are not. And it's just, I remember when this first started and Fauci came out and said, you shouldn't be wearing a mask. And he was kind of saying it in a tone like, this is maybe well-intentioned, but kind of uninformed way to think about respiratory viruses. And then three weeks later, it was gone. Why overall do you think that they're emulating China so much after so many years of hearing how evil the Chinese regime was? Well, I mean, you have to understand it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a certain group that's emulating China. It's the people. I mean, they're, they're emulating China because they are envious of their authoritarianism. I mean, I mean, they're not they're not emulating them in the sense that, you know, we're all going to, you know, live outside of the jackboot of the CCP. I mean, they I mean, look, you've got people at The New York Times, Thomas Friedman, a bunch of these guys, David Brooks. They've been writing for years that we need to be more like China. Look how progressive China is. Look how, you know, they're the future. You know, I mean, it's really outrageous. I don't know whether they're getting, you know, suitcases full of money sent to them or what. And look, not all the 1.3 billion Chinese are, you know, you know, jackbooted authoritarians. You know, we we have represented some of them and we've represented writers and different things. And, you know, they're fighting against some of the, the, the craziness over there. But I will say that, I mean, it's a good model. The dress rehearsal I'm talking about there is that they are putting us through our paces here. This is, and look, this virus could have been way worse. So when I say dress rehearsal, it's kind of like, okay, 
Let's put them through the sort of soft authoritarianism and let's see how they react. We'll take an inch. We'll take a mile. We'll take an inch. We'll take a mile. You know, let's see. Let's see how much we'll comply. You know, how pushed around we'll be before we start barking back at them. So, I mean, there's reasonable. I mean, the virus isn't fake. It's real. You can get it. Real people did die. I'm not living in some fantasy world here. But we gave parts of ourselves to the government during this thing. And they loved it. Oh, they loved it. They don't want to give it up. I've got analysts that are clients of Publius PR that believe that as soon as this midterm election's over, the, in the name of public health, the drawbridge is going to go up again. And right now, they're in a little breathing room to try to win some of these purple districts because they're trying to keep Pelosi in power. I think we need to retire her again, send her packing. Schumer, too. I mean, I prefer a government that does nothing because at least, <laughs> at least, you know, we're safe. You know, if it's divided, that means they can't really do anything. You know, I don't want government to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. If I could remove the air conditioners like the old days from all the offices so the government was only in session for four months out of the year, I would do that. So, I mean, look, I worked up there, Tom. I had to get the hell out of there. Laura Ingram hired me out of a out of a congressional office. And I can tell you, I mean, this is almost 20 years ago now. They're not doing anything. They're coming in to work at 930. They're checking their email. They're hitting the john. They're going down to the, the bottom of the basement of the building where they have Starbucks waiting for them. And then they come up, do a little email, maybe a little conference call, and they go to lunch. And we're paying for this garbage. So, you know, and it's not just one party. It's a whole big, gigantic, you know, government club med, really. So, look, they loved the control we gave them. They don't want to give it back. And if they see an opening to, to, to try to control us again, they're going to. So, you know, let's just wait and see. But China's just a model. China's a model for something. China's a model on how to control the population. Yeah. And when you said it's not just liberals, progressives, communists, but I repeat myself, it's also some conservatives that the, it's so obvious over the past 30 years that something like a billion people were lifted out of extreme poverty. And in every case, including China, it was a country that became more capitalist and less socialist. No, they didn't become laissez-faire, but they became a lot more capitalist, a lot more market economy. And that's obviously why China is on the rise now. They were certainly a lot more authoritarian under Mao than they are now. So they're Again, they're too authoritarian now, but they're a lot more capitalist. But a lot of our politicians over here look at them and say, boy, if only we didn't have these adversarial processes, because when they make a five-year plan, one guy just writes an order and they do it. And that's actually, to me, what's holding China back from already being far and away the most powerful economy. They got a billion and a half people. So uh, it's disappointing that people are just drawn to the authoritarianism and blind to how powerful freedom is when even you let a little bit of it out. Sure. I mean, and that's 
That's behind the push to get rid of the filibuster in the Senate because they want to they want fiat. They want fiat. But, you know, what's crazy about it is this could come back and haunt them. You know, Harry Reid got rid of the filibuster for judges thinking, I guess, the Democrats would always be president and they would always control the House and the Senate. And what did Trump do? He shoehorned one constitutional conservative after another with the help of McConnell. That's when McConnell, you know, was doing got to give him credit there. You know, I mean, he was Wiley Coyote in, 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 in some aspects by, you know, trying to, you know, sidestep. I mean, he blocked Merrick Garland and he got Gorsuch in. I mean, look, you know, he delivered. Now, is he was he delivering that for the MAGA people? Probably not. I mean, most Republicans of all stripes want judges like Trump appointed. So, you know, so that wasn't a stretch for him. But you removed it. You removed a rule. So if you want to go to this 51, you know, vote Senate on everything, I mean, you're not going to be in power forever. So, I mean, I guess their thinking is they could use this power to do all kinds of crazy stuff like make the Supreme Court bigger. And I mean, I guess I guess that's what they want to do. Basically use it as a weapon to destroy the opposition so that they never get back into power. But I mean, 51 votes can go. Republicans can use that same tactic. So you let that genie out of the bottle just because you don't want to compromise. Then, you know, it could come back and bite you for sure. And perhaps part of their strategy is history shows Republicans never repeal anything. I mean, once they get into power, they might do something that they're constituents like, but they don't repeal Obamacare and they don't repeal Medicare and they don't repeal the New Deal and go right down the line through history, the whole 20th century, which I'd like to see repealed. Undoing big government is way harder than creating it. I mean, Reagan said that Goldwater said that. And look, we get a lot of times we get into power. We get it. We get stupid drunk, too, with the spending. So, you know, I mean, George W. Bush and Trump both spent a ton of money. I mean, they, you know, Medicaid, prescription drug plan, and no child left behind. We get on a whole list of this crap. So, you know, under the guise of compassionate conservatism. Now, Trump cherry-picked what used to be Democrat issues on trade, on immigration, you know, on China. I know, you know, radical free market people didn't like, didn't like some of that. I mean, John Tamney's my client. You know, he doesn't like everything I write about China or, you know, I mean... What's crazy about Trump, though, was, I mean, he renegotiated NAFTA, you know, so he, he wasn't he wasn't just anti-trade. He was just wanted smarter trade. Let's take a short break for this important message. Friends, if you like to read books as much as I do, there comes a time when you realize you just won't ever find the time to read every book you're interested in. Well, I have great news. Blinkist offers the key ideas from nonfiction bestsellers in as little as 15 minutes. For most books and their extensive library, you can choose to read or listen to Blinks, which summarize the main ideas and allow you to absorb whole books in the time it takes to run your daily errands or commute to work. Not only does Blinkist allow you to glean the information you need from books you don't have time to read, it helps you to decide which ones to spend time reading and get more details. You can try out Blinkist for free and get 20% off your first year by going to TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash Blinkist. 
spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. That's TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash Blinkist. Start your free trial and get 20% off today. And now let's get back to the show. How could I think about love with a girl like you? A girl like you. With a girl like you. A girl like you. With a girl like you. So, look. We are entering a phase where everyone is retreating to their radical corners. So if you do get rid of a filibuster and everything can be passed with 51 votes in the Senate, you're going to get wild swing and wild swings is not good. You know, doing nothing is better than wild swing. Politics is supposed to take place between the 40 yard lines where people only rarely score. So, you know, France, I believe, is on its fifth republic. We're still on our first, and we've been around just as long. So we don't want to get into that kookiness of Western Europe or different parts of Asia, different parts of South America, where, you know, there's a new, a new, dictator, a new dictator every day of the week. So that's what I would say about that. And look, you know, the Woking Dead are the foot soldiers of the people that want to get this done. They're the people that want to remake, you know, tear it down and remake. It has nothing to do with General Lee on his horse traveler anymore. They want to tear down everything. Well, this book is so dense. We're just scratching barely the surface here, but I want to jump to section seven. And you have a section called Our Great Awakening. And this chapter, Corporate America's Going Woke, will come with a heavy price. I'd love to believe what the title says. What is the price they're going to pay for this? What's interesting is the, the people that are in charge of these companies, whether or associations, whether it's the NBA or Disney, right? They're afraid of their middle management, okay? That's where the terror, the reign of terror is. The Bolsheviks and the Jacobins make up the middle management. These are the people that run out into the parking lot when Netflix won't take down a Dave Chappelle comedy special because he's talking about the LGBTQ mafia. So the LGBTQ mafia, the woke mafia, they're, they're, that's who they're afraid of. They're not afraid of their shareholders or the board. They're afraid of this level of kooks, mid-level kooks that are on TikTok, that are sitting in their cubicle saying, whispering, oh, I was just on a, on a meeting about Disney. You know, they, they won't replace Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear. They're going to keep Tim Allen. Everyone knows, everyone knows Tim Allen's a white heterosexual Klansman. We, we got to replace him with a woke Captain America. I mean, that's, that, that, <laughs> I mean, that is who they're afraid of. Now, Netflix didn't buckle. If you think about the Trump impeachments, where do the problems come from? It didn't, I mean, look, he picked some bad cabinet secretaries that Reince Priebus gave him. People that should have never been there, right? Like Mad Dog Maddox, Mattis, whatever the hell his name is, and Rex Tillerson, and some of these other schmucks. But the real crazy, the people that were listening in on those calls, all these middle management diplomats that just get passed, you know, like a dirty sock from one administration to another, they were the people, Fiona Hill, Right. The two Ukrainian brothers, the schmuck, the, the, the one that was on with Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm, those people. Right. 
So Vinman, the Vinmans of the world, that's who that's who they're afraid of. They're afraid of an army of Vinmans. And Disney's got them. The NBA's got them. And they're pushing, 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 pushing these corporations to be woke. So you got to vote with your wallet. Don't just vote with your feet. Vote with your wallet. We, thanks to technology, have more options to entertain ourselves than ever before. We can become, you know, slugs on the couch forever. And, 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 you know, you can just watch, you know, the Discovery Channel. You don't have to watch something that will turn you into mush. But the point is, that's who they're afraid of. And that's every corporate. Nike's got them. Levi's jeans. I mean, we go down the whole list. I mean, look, I deal with a lot of book publishers, okay? And I can tell you as an insider, the big five book publishers let a lot of talent walk. In the last six, in the last six months, Pete Hegseth, Kellyanne Conway, Senator Josh Hawley, Judge Jeanine Pirro, Don Jr., the publishers they had basically let millions of dollars walk out the door. And other publishers are, are, you know, smaller ones, ones that are a little more boutique that wouldn't get a chance to have a Kellyanne Conway as an author now do because wokeism, anti-Trumpism is more important than commerce, more important than earnings, more important than, you know, turning a profit. And that scares the hell out of me. Well, and that's why watching all of this and ESG is also an element of all of this and maybe not quite so much in publishing, but in other business sectors, that if they're not single-mindedly pursuing profits, which is how they benefit society, the invisible hand, then this should cost them. They should eventually fall from taking their eye off the ball and pursuing all these other things while competitors eat them alive. How hopeful are you of that? Well, unless they say, we don't need Mullen's money. We don't need Rice's money. We don't need Ingram's money. We don't need Pirro or Trump money. We don't need any of that money because we've got 1.3 billion Chinese to replace Mullen's money with. That's why the NBA panders. That's why LeBron James, when his his dopey Space Jam garbage sequel came out, he was pandering, okay? Disney, using that Mulan movie as Chinese propaganda, doing doing whatever they say. Movies are removing scenes. There's scenes being cut from movies. There's scenes being cut from Marvel movies to get released in China. There are, it seems to me that it's no longer, I mean, it's like the late night host, right? The late night host, the laziest people in America, they only make fun of one group of people. They took their Sarah Palin jokes and they repackaged them for Trump. These are lazy people. These aren't George Carlin. These aren't Richard Pryor. They're not Joan Rivers. They're not Lenny Bruce. That's not who these people are. So they're more than happy to say cyanide. Tom Mullen audience, I've got, you know, a billion Chinese to replace you with. And that's the calculation, I think. Well, that's somewhat depressing. You've got a, a chapter here called Does Cancel Culture Have an Expiration Date? Uh, having said what you just said, does it? Are we going to win or are we going to lose? It does. Now, it's a shame that we don't have some of those old school comics still alive to 
to bust back at this. The very last section of the book is called, it's an epilogue called, What Would Joan Rivers Do? Where I fantasize her addressing the pronoun mafia, the Me Too movement, and all the other garbage that would try to, I mean, remember, Joan was canceled. She was canceled from The Tonight Show for 20 years by Johnny. And, and, and Leno honored it pretty much. And then she got to come back there before she died with Fallon, which was nice. Oh, Fallon. You know, he had a brain cell that day. But <laughs> look, we, we've been dealing political correctness spins up uh, every 15 or 20 years to try to control us. The difference today is it can move way faster today because of tech. You know, 100 years ago, you want to cancel Graham Greene, you want to cancel Oscar Wilde, you want to cancel Hemingway, you want to cancel Orwell. It took a long time to cancel them, you know. But today, they could knock Parler offline by just shutting down the servers. So, and that's where we're at. But I think as long as we have some honest Democrats, some honest free speech absolutists like Bill Maher, dare I say, who, you know, Rice and Mullen don't agree with probably Bill Maher on a lot, but on this, I mean, he understands. If he makes fun of Catholics, he's not going to get blown up by a bunch of Jesuits, okay? But if he makes fun of Islam, he could get the Salman Rushdie treatment. Remember, that whole attack on Rushdie, that's cancel culture. It doesn't have to come from the left. It could come from radical Islamists. They jumped on stage with a knife, stabbed him. They jumped on stage with Chappelle with a knife in Los Angeles because of his jokes. They jumped on stage with Lee Zeldin running for governor of New York with a knife because they didn't like you know, what he was talking about, veterans affairs. Look, if they can't cancel you digitally, they may come physically, ladies and gentlemen. They may give out the Supreme Court justices' home addresses. <gasps> oh, wait, they did. So this is what we're up against. We have to push back. Guys like Marr are, are, are look, He's a true libertarian, from what I can tell. He seems to want to be the only guy on the left that is out there. We need more of them. It's a shame. You know, Ricky Gervais is out there. I mean, there's guys out there. But, you know, Chris Rock told a joke. He got slapped in the face. So that's the end of the front row. So we need to keep the front row going. We need to keep making fun of the left and getting made fun of by people. You know, act more like Rickles. And less like Rachel Maddow. Yeah, well, with that, I'm, I'm going to link to this book on the show notes page, of course. AJ, where do people go to find more of what you're doing, including your other writing and your other business interests? Sure. You could go to the Publius National Post on Substack. Follow us on Twitter at Publius PR. You know, we have a website for our clients, you know, PubliusPR.com. But you can get the book pretty much anywhere. You know, it's in some Barnes and Noble bookstores physically, but uh, it's on Amazon, Target, Walmart.com, BooksAmillion.com. Tom Mullen's got a, a, a case of them in his trunk. You go there and, uh, you know, we appreciate it. You know, get a copy, go to the polls in November, wave a copy in front of those phony poll watchers faces and let's take back the country. Amen to that. Well, AJ, thanks so much for spending this time. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Love you. All right, friends, that's going to do it for today. Just a few reminders to stop by TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash support 
and check out all the ways that you can support my efforts here, including joining my Patreon or my Substack. And if you haven't already, make sure that you go to itsthefedstupid.com to download a copy of my free ebook, It's the Fed Stupid. And as always, if you like the music you've heard here on Tom Mullen Talks Freedom, you can hear more at TomMullenSings.com. Thanks for listening. The war of ideas has only just begun. Arm yourself with the knowledge you need by heading to TomMullenTalksFreedom.com and subscribing to our email list. And remember, every revolution starts in the minds of the people.